0: Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world.
1: So, Father, we thank you this day and we glorify you. We thank you that we find ourselves in the house of God, with the people of God, celebrating and worshiping God with, in spirit and in truth. We give you thanks for a supernatural, spiritual nature and life in Christ. We pray that you open the eyes of our understanding that we might see these things, that you give us a heart of flesh and not of stone, that we might receive your word and walk in your ways, that you might capture our hearts with the descriptions of eternal dwelling place in Christ and that the call of heaven would be greater than any call upon the earth. We pray that your spirit, would make us fervent in our service to you, Lord, that each day we grow stronger, that the affections of our love towards you would be serious and deep, Lord, that they would not be superficial. Prosper your word in our hearts, allow your word to have its way, and break the chains of selfishness, break the chains of the flesh, Lord, that yoke us to sin, that your anointing would be great this morning, Lord. Allow us to celebrate your life. Allow us to run the race that's set before us, O God. Make us diligent, O God, in our thoughts, in our words, our actions, that we might embrace and capture you as the highest of our treasures, Lord. Father, we pray that our devotion would be genuine and that we would love and follow you and give you our best. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So as we are uh, talking in the natural, uh, they say there's only uh, one thing greater um, that causes accidents in the life of people that are trying to go from one place to another. Uh, some people say that it was cell phones, but the truth is that the major um, downfall of men arriving at their destination are not uh, Anything short of distractions. Distractions are a greater cause for a man to fall away from the purpose of God than the actual. If you, if you say uh, the devil is strong and he's a, he is an incredible uh, adversary. The Bible calls him like a lion who seeks to devour so he's engaged and deliberate. But, but how awful would it be that the devil not get you, but a distraction will? That you being distracted would cause the devil, would, cause, would, would allow the devil to achieve his purpose. Uh, the opposite of distraction is focus. And since the beginning, the devil has used distraction. I, 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 I always, reading uh, Genesis chapter 3, and seeing how he began to talk to Eve, the first question I have is, why were they talking? Why, why, why were they having exchange of communication? Um, and I want to tell you something. Uh, it was funny. We were sitting in the cafeteria last week, and somebody left a deck of cards there, playing cards. And Heraldo grabbed them and says, Pastor, I want to show you a trick I learned in high school. And he went, fa, pick a card, and then this is not your card, and and this is your card, and I was like, the guy, we got to deliver him from some demons, Um, he's pulling a fast one on pastor, and you know what the trick of deception is, what allows you to be deceived, say with me, distraction, because he'll go like this, but it's over here. So, he's, he's showing you a distraction so he could pull a deception on you. So, we need to be careful that the devil, in these days, his history, what he was doing to Eve was not a casual conversation. Uh, could, could I say, as your pastor, be careful who you converse with? It might be a distraction. You might miss what God has for you just because you're, well, I was just waiting. I had nothing to do. I was just conversing. And that that could be your very downfall. So what a distraction does is it, it, it comes and attacks our focus. And so we become shallow in our thinking and shallow in our living. Distractions. This is how the devil has... Allowed men to leave things of greater importance to involve themselves in things of lesser importance. And I want to say this just as a foundation that man is weakest when he's being distracted. And David's up on the balcony of his palace and he. Sh- looks over to the distraction of a young girl who's bathing, and it becomes a horrible scenario in his life that if he was laser-focused, if he was paying attention, if he was deliberate in his task, he wouldn't have fallen in this area. I love when I read, and this is, this is we're going to use this as our game plan to be able to not be distracted. And it's already, the Bible is full with riches. And, and this happens to be one of my favorite Bible verses. If you know that I have favorite Bible verses, Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 2, where uh, Sambalat. And his cohort, just Shem. These two guys hated God's people. And they hated God's plight as much as the devil hates you and God's plight in your life. And so these guys were always stirring the pot, bringing distraction to what was going on. Nehemiah 6, verse 2. And it says, Sambalat. Say it with me so you know the name. Sambalat. You got to learn all these names. They're weird names. There's probably the Jewish or the Persian, Santiago, Sambalat. And Jashem, say Jashem. Two of these guys sent to Nehemiah saying, Come let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. Let's go hang out together, let's converse. But they were really intending to do me harm. And could I tell you that the people that are trying to garner your attention the most don't have your best interest in mind? The guys that want to talk to you the most intimate are not the people that want to bless you or to prosper you or to allow you to fulfill God's call on your life. But they're calling you away. And in this destruction, the reason why I love this Bible verse is verse 3 How Nehemiah responds to their request for a meeting. So I sent to them, I'm going to answer my distractors, my detractors. I am not, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down and spend time. Why should I, why should the work cease while I leave it? And go down to you. Quit bothering me. I'm focused in that which is at hand. I cannot come down and spend time with you. Especially because these distractions tend to begin to entangle you more than you want to be involved. Why should the work, why should I put off? While I leave it and go down to you, why is it my favorite verse? Because verse four says they continued to wanted to distract him and continued to answer four times the same manner. They sent me this message four times. How many of you know that the devil doesn't stop from distracting us? It's always passing by us. It's always going near us. It's always it's it's it's, it's within our realm of getting dislodged in our focus. And and some people are easily distracted. And and sadly enough, these people that are easily distracted are the ones that befall the greatest accidents. Just one second that you don't pay attention in the highway. Just one second um, that you miss a turn, an exit, and you're lost. So to be able to... Tell these our adversaries, I'm I'm about, I'm concentrating on something super important. I'm not going to stop and leave it and come down to you. And four times they requested a meeting and four times I answered them the same way. I want to be like Nehemiah. I don't want any dodo bird to sit there and take my attention away from the things that I can give God the best. In 1 Corinthians 7.35, Paul happens to tell the church the same way. I'm not saying this because I want to put a leash on you. I'm not saying this because I want to limit or restrict your movement. I say this for your own good. We're talking about this because we're pursuing greater things, more focused things. I've learned that if I tell the devil, I'm not paying attention to what you're telling me, I I can continue listening to what Jesus is telling me. If, if I tend to get rid of all, I want to say it like this because Jesus spoke very clear. Everything that distracts my attention, I call worry. Worry. Um, the Spanish word preocupación, which is you're, you're, you're not occupying yourself, you're, you're, you're distracted, you're worried. We'll see that that word word distraction in the Bible is another word for worry. Uh, That which pulls your attention to another matter. How many know a worry wart? Somebody's always worried, always worried. always. Their attention is being pulled away to another matter. And the Bible says that we're not to be about this. Uh, Paul tells the Corinthians, not that I might put a leash on you. I'm not. I'm not saying this because I want to restrict you or take away. Because for some people, uh, I don't know if you've heard a, a Spanish person say, "Solo me quiero distraer." <laughs> I just want to be distracted a little bit. That means I don't want to be so intense. I don't want to take life so serious. I want to. I want to. The word "entertainment" is is another word for distraction. How many like entertainment? The word says before you attain, you're you're doing something before. You're not doing anything. You're just sitting there watching. And the people that love entertainment have issues. They never do anything. Um, I got frustrated watching the Dolphins for 15 years. Every game. Dan Marino. Every game. Every game. Every game. At the end of 15 years, I realized he became a millionaire and I was not working. I was just watching him work and make money. So I refused to sit there and make myself slave to these sports individuals and watch them become millionaires. And I become Poor. Because of my entertainment, my destruction. I don't want to be one of those fans. So here Paul says, I don't want to put you on a leash. I I want you to be prosperous. I want to do that which is profitable to you. What is proper, that you might be able to serve the Lord without destruction. There's the word. There shouldn't be many things on the plate. Why? Because you're deliberate and laser focused on that one thing. You're not easily put away at the end of life when you look back. You're full of distractions and no devotion. This was Luke chapter 10 verse 40 where Martha tells Jesus, Jesus, my sister's not doing much. And and, and Jesus says, Martha, you're distracted With many things. You're overwhelmed. You're worried in many directions. But your sister. Is focused. She's sitting at my feet. She's giving me devotion. And and so. While she was distracted. With many things. It was cutting into. Her devotion with the Lord. So if the devil cannot get you to sin. The next best thing he could get you to be. Is distracted. And you're not. Fruitful, Jesus says, Matthew 13, the worries and distractions of this world cause deception to choke the word and yield no fruit. The cares of this world, the distractions of this world is something that makes you unfruitful. The, the, the people... Uh, I was talking to Pastor G.F. last last week, and he was saying, you know something? I've known you now for over 10 years, and I can tell you you're laser focused. You're not doing 100 things. You're doing that one thing, and that's what causes you to be effective. And there's people on 50 million boats doing 50 million things, and they're all over the place. When Jesus is talking about the worries of this life, he's talking about, uh, it's a Greek word, when he says, verse 22, let's go back there. It says, um, he who received the seed among the thorns, the thorns being distractions, is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this world. When it says the cares of this world, it uses the, the Greek word um, marinma. It's a weird word. M-E-R-I-N, marinma. M-A, which means pulled in different directions. Those that are overwhelmed with much concerns are those that are worried. He uses the word anxiety in another translation. And the Greek word for anxiety is cut into many parts. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to sit there and make you have 50 fronts. And you remove your attention from that which is foremost. There it is in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. He says, make sure that your mind is sober, that it's not all over the place. You're not scatterbrained. Let's go to 5.8, I'm sorry. Be sober. The word, don't be scatterbrained. Don't be led, drawn away by much Um the same word as drunkenness, which is you're stumbling all over the place. Be watchful, be of of a sober mind, be focused, because the devil takes advantage like a roaring lion to devour those that are on many fronts. If the devil has you distracted, that's what happens out in the in the African savannah where there's these animals, who, do, who does the lion and the tiger often get? The distracted one, the one that's not paying attention, the one is always, you know, oh, I wonder, look at the butterfly. The one that has many, pulled in many directions. The lion devours easily. So what's it say in verse 7? It says, therefore, <clears throat> cast all your, and there's the word again, care, worries, Meribna is the same word that Peter uses. Paul uses over uh, in, in, uh, in the Corinth church. Now, here, Peter is using it. And he says, Cast your cares upon him. He wants to bring all your distractions. Make sure that you're putting them in the, the Lord's hand. The opposite of distraction is focused. And David was a deliberate focused man when he wrote Psalm 27 verse 4. One thing I have my eyes on and I have asked of the Lord. One thing I desire. I'm not all over the place. That I will seek and that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever all the days of my life to be able to contemplate His beauty and ask Him for direction in His temple. As we're trying to make the land of Beulah a, a serious pursuit this year, uh, I wanted to touch on five things that cause people to be distracted from entering into the land. In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 5, the Bible says that the people of Israel, many who had left Egypt with a desire to go to the promised land, were not able. I, I want to make sure that you highlight this word in this passage, with most of them, God was not well pleased. It wasn't a few people that were distracted, it was many of them. It was many of them that were focusing on many pursuits, drawn away in many cares that were scattered in the wilderness. Distraction. Distraction causes you to miss God's bullseye where he's leading us and so those that were distracted in the desert that God was not pleased with them in verse 6 it's now these are these things took place for our example I'm telling you every time that God speaks to our church I'm the very first one a lot of people I think I I make this up as I go along, but as God speaks to us, I want to be the first to experience what God is asking us. Uh, It was terrible in the life of Moses that he was the one called to lead the people, and he was the one that didn't go into the promised land. Imagine me announcing there's a land of Beulah, and Christ wants to embrace us as our husband and as our spouse, and he wants to show us a land of beauty and impress us with his husbandry, the word husbandry, the the provision of all things. I I want God to be able to to open up his heart and lavish us with his love this year. I want to be a participant. I don't want to miss out. So verse 6 says, these things are written for our example, so with the intent that we should not, number one, Lust after evil things as they also lusted. How is it that the devil is always offering us something in exchange for God's thing? And, and I've, I've lived this my whole life. There, there's, been, there's been many times where the devil comes and, and offers his, come on. Give me your birthright. Give me, you know, follow this lead. And miss out on what God has promised. So, but if... I don't know if you've ever done that with, with a dog. Um, I, I could never... I, we grew up with a Cocker Spaniel. I could never fool that guy. That guy was laser intent with wherever the biscuit was. And I would like try and move. And he was like... Why? He wanted the goods. And I've been like that with the Lord. I'm not, I'm not going to be easily deceived by the lust, the desires... Um, you you need to understand that the definition of lust is when you're pulled away towards something by your desire. And at one point, I would blame God. It says, God, you're putting all this stuff. I said, no, that's you chasing the lust of your heart. It's not me. So then I told God, okay, then, then give me a desire after you, not after my things. And so here he says, the example is that we not lust. Ask God that you not desire those things that are not his. And and that's that's where we said that once we we clearly define excellence, the things that are better, um, we're not going to fall short like these people. They they were saying that they wanted onions, garlic. They wanted meat. they, They wanted natural things, and God was giving them manna from heaven. God was giving them a provision so they wouldn't lack anything. And their desire for carnal things caused them to want to go back to Egypt. They they, they were compromising the call to the promised land because to them, the onions and the garlic were more precious. And so here it is, verse 7. He says, not only did they lust after evil things, but be careful that you not become idolaters. As some of of them were. And when you you talk about idolatry, if you come back, if you come from a Catholic tradition, you're talking about statues and idols and all these stuff. But idol, it could very well be anything that you give greater devotion to. It's it's not a statue. That, that, That was in the old days that people... Their their religious worship led them to idols. In our modern day, it could be anything that we put more value above God. Above God, Uh, Wellington Boone always says that men could sit down for three hours and watch football, and sometimes they watch two games. That's six hours, but then they don't want to be in church. They're too fast. That their heart is not in the things of God. Uh, they're they're fast after the things that they've lifted up above God. Uh, they'll go to a to to a a, a stadium. They'll pull out fifty dollars for parking, a hundred dollars for this, a T-shirt, a jersey, uh, and when they come to church, they're like, no, saca, not one dollar. Uh, they feel it, you know, to be offensive that that they would ask you for money. Um, They were interviewing a pastor on television, and they said, how come you pass the offering plate during the service to pick up money? And he says, you guys do the same thing. And and he says, we don't understand how you're saying we do the same thing. Yeah, every time you have a commercial, you're stopping the show because you need to pass the plate, all your advertising. And so they said, we got a break to commercial. He says, see, you're going to take up an offering now. Because in the world, that's how they define. But in the things of God, they, they find it offensive. And here, these people had risen, had put something greater. I want to read this passage because it's very interesting. Um, and you, you figure out how they did this. Look, do not become an idolater in idolatry as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat, to drink, and to rose up to play. Watch. Let's go to Exodus 32.1. And when the people saw that Moses delayed, Exodus 32, one, when they saw that Moses was taking too much time, they came down out of, uh, delayed to come down out of the mountain. The people gathered themselves together with Aaron and said to him, Come, Aaron, let us make a God which... Shall go before us. Let's make gods. That shall go before us. For as. For this Moses. The man who brought us up. Out of the land of Egypt. We do not know. What has become of him. They, they lost track with Moses. Their next thought was. Okay. Since. This is taking too long. I'm going to raise up my own God. And this is the one. I'm going to give my time. My devotion. My attention. My. My. My, uh, my affection, my heart is going to be in this thing that I raise up that's not God. And, and that's always been a mystery to me as a young man. How, look what it says that... Um, Verse 2, and and Aaron said to them, break off your golden earrings and all that's in your ears of your wives and your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. And all the people broke off these gold earrings in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received them at their hand, and he fashioned it with a graving tool. After he made it into molten calf, they said, this is the God of Israel which brought us out of the land of Egypt. They, They sit there and they... They make their own gods and they say, we're going to serve these things. And, and that to me has always been a mystery. How men have always lifted up gods that are false gods, that are not really God. And they bow down to worship them. In verse 8 we go, not only did they lust after evil things, did they make idols. You figure out what your idols are. Um, wherever you give your time, your attention, and your treasure, that's your God. If I could see your accounting books, you would see who you serve. If you saw my accounting books, you would see who I serve. You see the direction of the time I invest, the treasure, and the talents that I bow down. And those are, that's, that's the God I serve. Um, some people, it's other things. In verse 8, he says, not only do, do you, they lost in after evil things, not only did they lift up idols, verse 8 says, they indulged in sexual immorality. We're reading 1 Corinthians 10.8. One of the things that kept people from being able to come to the promised land is that they got involved in sexual immorality and, and sexual twistedness, this, this attraction, this, this time and attention. Uh, as some of them did, and in one day, 23,000 fell. That's that's a major loss. In one day, 23,000 people fall because of being drawn away with the distraction of sexual immorality, doing things twisted. I, I never even thought, and, and I want to, and it's been in my heart for three or four years now, um, to, to really have... Um, possibly a two-day or three-day conference on sexuality as per the word of God. Um, Everything we see taking place with Hollywood and all the debauchery, um, that that really pulls at the affections of the heart of men at, at levels that are crazy. If you see the amount of money that pornography industry ...in America, you'll understand why the downfall of this nation. And and people don't even understand it. Uh, But but here we see that it's one of the five major sins that kept the people away from finding the purpose of God. Uh, Sexual immorality made it to the top five. Uh, Not only the desire of things that were not from God, not only lifting up things that are idols, but this sexual immorality... And the Bible says in Exodus 32, 6, that after they made their idol, and this is what usually happens, after a person serves a God that is not God, their sexual proclivities and disposition is off. So they they build the golden calf, and they rose up early the next day, and the people... Uh, sat down to eat, drink, and rose up to have orgies. That, that to play was not basketball or baseball there. They, they were into some twisted sexual practice. And so there's nothing that diminishes the character of man than to steal his purity. I, I teach the young men uh, when we do our men's conferences, the power of manhood is purity. So if somebody's compromising your purity... If you're involved in sexual immorality, you're a weak man. You're you're disposed to being driven in any direction. That's why I love to see these young men who pay the price and get married. And within the context of marriage, they're having intimacy with their wives. These are solid men. Uh, They're not not playing games. Um, So this third aspect, not only the lust of the flesh, not only idolatry, but sexual immorality... Uh, is a distraction. And those men who do not know how to be laser deliberate in this area are destroyed. Verse 9, it says, number four uh, of the top five, we must not tempt the Lord, test his patience, question his purpose. Uh, Those people that are always doubting whether God means what he says. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 9. The fourth thing that kept them out from coming into the land of Beulah was that they were tempting the Lord. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Out there in the wilderness, a lot of these people that were not able to come into the purpose of God was because they were questioning whether God would keep his promise and his word or not. And, and to many of my friends, um, they, they compromised the calling of God because they doubted that God would bring them into goodness. Many of, of the guys who walk in the Lord uh, feel that, that the Lord is not going to deliver what he's promised So the devil takes advantage of them. And so these these enemies of the Lord killed by the serpents because they questioned his purpose. Uh, Does God in fact have, I've seen this happen so much, uh, parents will get saved. They'll bring their children that are little toddlers. They're four, five, and six years old. Now 10 years passes and their kids are 16 and 20. And then their parents says, well, you know, God might not have a life companion for you. So you might as well marry Billy Bob, uh, busted, going nowhere. And, and this is what it is to tempt the Lord. That you fall short of knowing that God will keep his promises with, with flying colors. We see the example of Ashley. And and Wendy and all the girls that have waited on the Lord, man, they get they got some serious husbands, and 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 those that did not that tempted the Lord and saying God you didn't show up so I'm gonna marry Dodo Bird here, uh, or I'm gonna I'm gonna go and, and mess up the, my entire life because that's what it's to tempt the Lord to question his purpose in our lives. Um, it's it's devastating that parents do this to their children. They don't believe that God's going to show up. And so they sell their children and offer them up to, uh, to strange fire. Verse 10, believe it or not, um, is the fifth reason why people do not enter into the plan and purpose of God. What will keep you out of the land of Beulah uh, it's funny because some people are going, yes, I'm going into that land. And oh, and, all, and then some people are like, well, then why is it taking so long? If there is a land of Beulah, then why hasn't God shown us? And, why? and so these people are the murmurers, the complainers. One of the, the, the hallmarks of not coming into God's provision is when you are always complaining, when you're always nagging. When you're full of discontent, it just oozes out of you—gossip, rumors, slander. You speak wrong. That's what that's what verse ten says. So, um, hang around with people that are not complainers, who are not discontent. Um, I don't know if 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 you have experienced this, but. What the Lord has done in my life particular f- so far surpasses anything that I deserve that everything is just like a dream. Can't believe my life. It's, it's, it's a powerful presence and display of God's goodness and grace. And, and some people don't have that. They don't understand how good God has been with them. So their every opening of their mouth is full of negativity. And so when you open your mouth, you attract, listen to this. Destroyed by the destroyer. When your disposition is to speak wrong, you end up wrong. When your disposition is to complain, the devil comes at you fast and furious to destroy you. There's, there's an actual angel that's called the destroyer. And, and his, his function is like a vulture to come to places that are full of stench. Things that that are not uh, the aroma of praise and celebration and goodness and thankfulness. And so stay away from from opening your mouth to elicit that toxic, dark talk. Verse 11, all these things, the five things, the lust that they lusted for, the idolatry, the sexual immorality, the being able to to, uh, tempt the Lord and then... This thing about murmuring and talking about five things that kept these people away from the promises and provision of God. I'm going to stay away from these like the plague, verse 11. These all happened to them to serve as an example to us. These things were for our example. And they're written in this letter for our Admonition for our warning upon whom the end of the ages has come. So I, I really I want to pray this morning and ask the Lord that 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 out of all that the devil tries to do, what he did in Eve's life, David's life, uh, Samson's life, uh, all the people that fell in the desert, that you not be distracted. That you say, Lord, you know something. Uh, I, I told one of the things that helped my sons out a lot when they were in high school, and, and it seems to be from junior high, you start getting distracted with the opposite sex. You all of a sudden notice that they're there, and, and you go through high school, and, and you got all these you know, things that are pulling at you, and, and I would tell my sons, this is not your season. This is not the time for that. Why are you running ahead? Why? Why are you trying to start something that it's not the season to start? It's only a distraction. It's going to deprive you of energy, of joy, of peace, and and this is what makes you miserable when you live life out of seasons. And so, um, and and this this will catch you your whole life. In, in every last night, I was thinking about. I was going, hmm. I've been I've been I've been very difficult with my wife in the last couple of months. Uh, with my eye paralysis, and then with the kidney stones, so I'm just pulling on all her resources. And, and then and then you get like, you know, let's enjoy the fact that I'm going through this, and I got her here to bother. Um, and, and last night I was going, I wonder what midlife crisis is. Hmm. But I know that some people are distracted by midlife crisis because they're giving it attention, they're giving it focus, they're giving it... But you know something, when you're focused on the Lord and His goodness... Uh, you say goodbye to all those things. You're, you're not you're not concerned with distractions, um, and and so what I say is, if you learn as a young adult, you're single, don't be distracted, don't be diminished in. You know, um, I think the single period. Uh, you know, I I, I can even actually come up here. We're going to talk about your single life real quick, real quick, please. Um, yeah, because see, she did it right. She, she wasn't distracted. There's a lot of people who are like, hey, I got something to tell you. He says, no, I'm working on something. You got to wait. And so in her single life, you, there's a lot of single girls here this morning. You know, how the heck did you keep so focused, you know, to be able to, to now, it's a different season. Now they got you all focused on honeymoons and stuff. But, um, but there's a season. What age did you get to the church here? Sixteen years old, and all the way till she got married last year, um, that was her single life, and she didn't allow for distraction. she could have diminished her pursuits, she could have got involved and in, she didn't have any issues for sixteen till when old do you know 29. till twenty nine I, I think that that is the most powerful years to not let no knucklehead distract you so you're preparing to become a wife you're preparing to uh, she prepared for her career just in case, you know, the, anything happens with not getting married. So in that season, she's working. She's being attentive. She's being faithful. She served the Lord. She was part of the worship team. She's solid. She she became a faithful daughter. And she didn't allow anybody to come with, with distracting voices. Uh, and, and so now she could have a, a smile and enjoy this season of her life, which is another season. Now you're not to be distracted. You're to focus on that man. And, and, and make him happy and, but go ahead and share a little bit of how you kept not distracted from 16 to 29.
0: Yeah, it was tough before I came to the Lord, just caught up in what was going on in school and my friends at the time and the little relationships and the heartbreak and I get into a little relationship and then the heartbreak and it was never anything serious. Thank God, God always kept me, um, And then once I came here, it was instrumental of the the friendships that I had and the leadership and just the message of and seeing the testimonies of all those that had kept themselves and the marriages and the families. And I come from a very broken home, and so I never had that. I never saw that. You see that in the movies. You know, you hear about it here and there, but I saw it come alive here in the church. And so that was my focus. And I'm like, I want that. You know, I really, really want that. And... And it wasn't easy. <laughs> it really wasn't. But um, I just made sure to, to make that my focus and God my number one priority. And, yeah, I would have my weaknesses, my weak moments. but um,
1: Absolutely. Like, it's super hard. But if you keep your focus, you, you're not diminished in your strength. And so a lot of guys were going, hey. And she's like, look, knucklehead, I'm not going that way. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 determined. I'm I'm going to I'm going to get the prize and I thank God for her life and for what she did. Amen. Thank God. Thank you. Let's stand today. And you continue to meditate on meditate on these things like like Paul says at the beginning of this verse, I'm not doing this to put a leash on nobody. I'm not doing this to restrict your mobility. I'm doing this for you to prosper and for it to go well with you and so that you might not be distracted from giving your best to the Lord. Um, and and I'm, I, I think that, that um, even it, it, it's in every season, but you're going to have to sit there and, and tell people, like Nehemiah says, I'm doing something too important. I can't, I can't give you my time. And so four times they came back, and he was like, listen, you have your own merry way. We're, we're about... Um, to enter a land, and we cannot afford to lose our focus and our attention. Um, A lot of people have asked me through the years, why don't you guys do this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? There's many things to do. But that will diminish your capacity to do that which you're called, that which God is calling you to. So, Father, today we thank you for your word. Even in a time where there's so much noise In many directions, pulling our affections, our time, our attention, our devotion, our talents, even our sons, Lord, are being called in 50 million directions, Lord. Let anxiety not come up in their hearts when they're devoted to serving you with excellence, oh God. Prepare them for the days to come. Prepare our daughters to be single-minded and not distracted with many matters and affairs in different directions, Lord. Allow them to have their time and attention devoted to the one who will fulfill his promises with huge, huge provision, oh God, and purpose. That your Holy Spirit would help us be like Nehemiah. And when people want to interrupt, when they want to interfere, when they want us to be distracted and moved away from the work we're doing that we can say we're about a great work and it should not cease to attend to these distractions. Let us not be distracted, O God, by words in other people's mouths and other people's hearts, whatever their pursuits and attention us, Lord, because we have decided that one thing we have desired and this we shall seek, that we might dwell in your house forever, Lord, that we might contemplate your beauty and that we might inherit those things that are laid up for us, according to your promises. We pray your blessing upon the church. We pray your blessing upon every family represented here, Lord. We pray, Father God, that our devotion to you would bring singleness of mind, purity of heart, Lord. Remove sexual immorality, O God, and the affections of the flesh and the lust, O God, that drives us and pulls us in many directions. Give us a pure heart to give you the best, Lord. Allow us to obtain the prize of being focused and not distracted. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord, and may your Super Bowl team win today.